The message I wanted to share with you tonight as I was, as I was praying, and uh, you know how many, when, when you begin to share with somebody, maybe, maybe you like this in your life, maybe somebody in your, in your office or somebody in your family or somebody in your neighborhood or somebody that God just puts you with, they begin to share their heart, and it's kind of like, you know, you, you're able to share with them the things that you're going through. You know, it never fails that God always brings the people across my path that have either done what I've done, been where I've been, are going through what I'm going through. You know, I mean, it just, God's good. That's one of the ways he Roman 8.28s you, right? That's one of the ways he turns things around for good in your life because he brings people into your life. And so uh, I just wanted to, to ask you just this, this, you know, what are you going through? What are you facing? What are you doing? Because you can tell what I'm going through and what I'm facing because the message title tonight is a prioritized life. <laughs> And, and, and I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning to prioritize things. I, I, I'm, I'm learning to, to do what God says and, and not just what I feel like or see needs to be done. And, and if, you're, if you're a busy person, if you're a doer, if you're somebody who, who doesn't want to miss things, if you're somebody who doesn't you know, see something to be done, well, you rush right to it. And that's the difference I call good things and God things. And if you're going to prioritize your life, if you're going to live as a believer, your life has to be prioritized. You have to understand relationships. You have to understand the priority of those relationships. You have to understand your situations and your responsibilities. You have to understand the priority of those situations and responsibilities. And when you get your priorities, have you heard that before? You get your priorities in order, then your life seems to flow better. And here's the deal, and here's the reason. You will either be driven or you will drive. And in, in, in your marriage relationship, you know, if, if you're married in this place, you, you know when you're on a trip, you either want to drive or you want to be driven. And I, I, I just as soon drive because when I, when I am driven, apparently I'm a horrible passenger. I'm one of those ones who's like, oh, hey, watch out, whoa, hey, watch out, whoa, hey. You know, and nothing ever seems, there never seems to be any rest. I'm always, you know, like, let me drive for a little while so you can rest. And with, with, with Elizabeth and I, that, that doesn't work. It's just much better if I just drive. Now, Daniel, he can drive all day long, and I'll sleep like a baby. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. That kid's a workhorse. I know I can throw him uh, jalapeno sunflower seeds and two five-hour energy drinks, and I'll wake up in California. It'll all be taken care of. There may be seeds all over the place, and it may smell horrible in the, you know, in the truck, but it's, we're going to get there. I don't even, I don't even face it. I don't know why that is. But you're either going to be driven or you're going to drive. And in your life, I'm not talking about ultimately God leading you and you being the one who's driving. He's the one who leads us and guides us. I'm talking about in this life that you live here, that the world and the situations and circumstances you go through are either going to drive you or you're going to be the one who prioritizes your life and you drive in your life. If you ask God, he will begin to prioritize your day. If you ask God, he'll begin to prioritize your relationships. If you ask God, he'll begin to prioritize the things that you're supposed to do for that day, for that week, for that month. He'll begin to show you what's important. He'll begin to show you the people you're supposed to minister to. He'll begin to show you all those things. And then it won't be left up to me. And really, when it all gets down to it, that works for me. even though I want to know, even though I want to make the list, even though I think I know what's best, if I can just get out of the way and then allow him to tell me those things, make his list, make his priorities, then those are the things that I do. You know, a few years ago, I don't remember when it was, but I said, you know, what are the five things that you do in your day? What are the five things that you do that make your day successful? I don't know. Well, Well, that's a problem. I didn't either before I preached that message that day, (laughs) but I knew when I got up there what they were. Because I asked God. He began to show me and he began to tell me, these are the five things that you need to do in your life. Now, they weren't like everything. 
They weren't everything I needed to do. They weren't every detail. They weren't, they weren't you know, all the way down to the dotted thing. They, they were just these five things in general you need to be working on in your life every day. You know, eat right, exercise, write some, you know, pray, read. I mean, those kind of things. I mean, those, those were the basics for me at that time. Those were the things that I had to focus on. But I think people want a different life, but, but we expect that different life to come like, uh, like, bring. You know, the little lady touches you with the... Sorry, it sounds like a phone. But somebody touches you, the little fairy touches you with the thing, and all of a sudden the mice become horses and you're in a chariot. Who is that? Cinderella, thanks. Sorry, Laura. I failed the Disney test that quick. Yeah, she loves Disney. I don't. So that's the difference in age kids, right? I mean, we've been there a few times. But it's not like that. I mean, it's not... You know, we, we think we want a different life. Well, God says your life will be different. It already is different. He's already made it different. The reason that it's the same is because you haven't prioritized your, your day. You haven't prioritized your life. You haven't prioritized your heart. And you haven't followed me. Because I know and I understand what the Word of God says, that if I will use this, if I will see through this, if I will think through this, if I will see if I'll talk through this, if I'll believe through this, if I'll use this as my, as my foundation, then, then I know that my life will be different. And I think we're waiting for all those things to happen, and I, what God has been showing me is you have got to prioritize your life or you're never going to get where you're going. You'll continue to chase your tail. And it's amazing because I hadn't put the, the offering together with the message or anything else, but those two things kind of go together tonight as we go. What are your priorities? You know, of course, our, our first priority is our relationship with God. He's, your, it's called, he's called your first love. And that, that is your first priority is your relationship with Him. Well, I'm married, yep, and that comes after that. But it said that I, would, I promised to love her with all my heart. Well, you'll be a better husband if you love God with all your heart. And he becomes your first priority. You'll be a better wife if God is your first priority. You'll be a better, you'll be a, a better mother or a better father. You'll be a better employee. You'll be, you'll be a better everything if your priority is right, if he's on top. That's the truth. Jesus, his life was, was ordered and his life was one of priority. He said that I do only what the Father tells me to do. I do only what I see the Father do. I, I do only what he speaks to me and what he shows me. And he said, well, that's great, but i got to go to work. Well, we have responsibilities. That's true. But I believe that if God gave you that job, then he's going to tell you to get up and go to work. He's not going to give you another priority at the moment. Like, I don't feel like going in today, sir. Like you call in and say, like, you know, you don't have a cough. You're not sick. I'm called because God told me not to come into work today. You're probably not going to do that because that probably ain't God. If you're going to do that, call the church first and let Corey tell you that's not God. Go to work. I've been around a long time. I've had a lot of excuses, but I've never had that one. God's never given me that, hey, hey, you tell them you ain't coming to work today. Now, I know there's situations in the spirit, mainly, you know, I mean, that's, there's stories from all kinds of things, 9-11 and everything else. People called in sick that day and the buildings fell down and, you know, was it God or was it just a bad taco? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it could have been. It could have been. I'm not going to, you know. But here's the thing. The people around you will begin to monopolize your time. They'll begin to push you. And when I say you're driven, they'll be the ones who are driving you. They'll be the ones who are pushing you. They'll be the ones who are pushing those buttons. And they'll be the ones who are drawing on you. And, and, and you know that you're supposed to do this, but, but all of this stuff just seems like, oh, I, I just let me get this all done for them real quick, and then it'll be okay for me over here. No, it doesn't work that way. And Jesus knew that, and he understood that. If you look in John chapter 11, it says, Now a certain man was sick, and that was Lazarus. It was that Mary, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. 
Jesus, this, these, were, these were people who he knew. This, this wasn't somebody that was just on the side of the road. This wasn't somebody who just came up that was a stranger. Lazarus and Mary, these were people that he knew. These were people he liked. He would consider them his friends. I mean, they were people who were part of his, his group. He saw them, and, you know, he talked to them, and he did things. And, and if you go on, it says, the sisters sat before him, and then the Lord, behold, who, whom he is, let me tell you this. It said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And Jesus heard that, and he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Now, I, I, I would probably, like, rush out, and I would probably go and, and try to do something. I would probably try to get there. I would probably try to take... I'm thinking, how can I pray for him? Can we get a prayer chain? Can we go do this, all that? But it said, if you, if you read the Word, Jesus said, I only do what my Father tells me to do. I, I only do what I see my Father do. And we said, well, why wouldn't you go and heal him? Because, because at that time and that moment, that wasn't what he was supposed to do. Now, I am not telling you don't go to the hospital and pray for somebody. I'm not telling you use that as an excuse not to go do something like that. What I am telling you is you must be led by the Spirit in everything that you do. That's what I'm telling you first and foremost in all of this tonight. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. Because in the end, if you read all the way through the end of that chapter, it goes all the way back through, and there's a lot of things that happened. But in the end, Lazarus came forth. Jesus, Jesus wasn't necessarily moved just because the people were all over him and doing all these things and telling him this needed to be done. It says he was moved in his heart with what? Compassion for the people. Compassion is a spiritual experience that you have. That's when the, the, that, see, that's the love of God flowing through you in that moment. But see, he stopped. He waited two days. He hung out behind. Why? It wasn't time yet. That's hard. That's mature. It says, you know, in Romans, in, in chapter 8, it says that, 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 that those who are the, the sons and daughters of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. That's the mature believer who can, who can be in a situation like this, and, and all the situations pull them that direction, yet they can say, you know what? I've I, I got to go this way. Now, did he know that around the corner that other thing was? I, I don't know. I would assume so. But if you're led by the Spirit of God, he'll say yay, he'll say nay, and he'll begin, he'll begin to, to order your life. And I believe really truly, just as Pastor Pam has taught and shared over the last bunch of years, the, the more narrow the road gets, the, the, more, the more important this is. You may be in a big wide thing, man. It's real simple to kind of bang back and forth and float down the river and not really pay much attention. But you get, you get tight. You get rapids. You get rocks. You get a difficult stretch of river. You better pay attention and you better be on top of your game. And as we go and as we grow in this church, you're, you're going to have to be here. You're going to have to be in this place where you're led by the Spirit of God. I, I, I am being, being called that direction as well. My life is becoming prioritized. See, what determines your actions, what determines your directions? Is it the things that God speaks to you in the morning when you wake up? Or is it the, yeah, I'll kind of bumper pull my way down, you know, I'll just spring through the day hitting whatever I hit. And I, you, you need to know what God is speaking. You need to hear what God is saying. Your relationship with him is first, is first place and has to become your priority. Otherwise, what, what do we have? We just sang a song that says, without you I am nothing. Priority means that you're giving precedence in time, you're giving precedence in order, or you're giving precedence in importance. That means you're making that particular thing the most important thing, the first in order, the first, first in time. You know, where do you go first? It says in the Word, 
it says in the word explicitly that, that we're supposed to diligently seek when? First, the kingdom. Diligently seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in Matthew chapter 6. And all of these things will be given to you. All of these things will be done for you. But diligently seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, seek, and knock. I mean, these are things that the Lord is telling us to do. Because if you're like me, I don't have a clue like 80% of the time. I think I do. <laughs> I'm pretty smart. You're pretty smart. We, we, left alone, we can figure out about, about 70, 80% of our stuff. But how would you like to live on like 70, 80% of what you got? See, where's that, where's that other mystery 30%? Where's that other mystery 20%? That's the important 30-20. That's the stuff you don't know. God will take that and he'll mix it with yours and you'll have who knows how much percent if you'll allow him to do that. Colossians 3.1 says, Seek those things where? That are above. Where Christ sits. See, that, that becomes, like, is that your priority? Is that our priority to say, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm driving around. I, I catch my, I'm, I'm becoming Pastor Bill before my eyes. I have more hair because he was my age and bald, so I'm good. I'm way ahead of that game. But, but I am because as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm driving, as I'm talking, as I'm doing things, I catch myself praying in the spirit while I'm doing it, and I, I stop that. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, this is getting weird. <laughs> but then I, then I, I just, it's, that's peace. That's direction. That's, I'm in a place where I need to hear God all the time. And so I really, truly, as I begin to do something, all of a sudden that begins to come out. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm says in the Word of God that, that in your heart you should must continually pray. And I always ask God, what does that mean? That's an attitude of your heart that says, I am in that place all the time. And I don't even know the moment when I need it, but it comes out because I'm in that place. I'm trying to prioritize my life that way. Psalms 34, 14 says, seek peace and pursue it. Well, who's the Prince of Peace? Jesus. Seek his word. Seek his peace. Because distractions abound for each one of us. As you go through your day, if you don't have it prioritized, distractions will pull you all over the place if you allow them. That doesn't mean that you don't take care of the kid who calls and says, I fell on a hurt, I scraped my knee on my bike, and you know, oh, that's a distraction. I don't need to you go take care of your kid. I mean, that's important. And the whole scheme of things, you know, I mean, it's, it's your relationship with God, it's your relationship with your family, then it's your job and ministry and things like that. Now, don't quit working in the church and volunteering in the church because your kid's got a soccer game or something. You just, you just come to church. It's all right. You know, it's go down the order. But distractions happen all the time. Even when Jesus is present, Pastor Bill, one of his favorite stories in Luke, right, with Mary and Martha. One sister's working like crazy, trying to get everything ready, and one sister's sitting at Jesus' feet just enjoying who he is, what he's got, and what he's, I'm sure, saying, and all those kind of things, soaking it all in. Much like Allie does Corey probably at home. Just sits right there next to him at his feet. Just, you're awesome. It's exactly like it is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I know. But, but meanwhile, see, the other sister's working. She's working. She's doing all of this stuff, you know. And, 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 and then she comes out and she says, could you tell, could you tell her, her? Come on, she needs to get with me. She's busy. Let's go. I got stuff to do. What's I got work. And he says, hey, what are you talking about? She's chosen the good part, he said. Now, don't go home and not clean your house. 
So I've got to throw out these disclaimers as we go, or else I get all kinds of phone calls from the spouse in this deal. It's like, my husband hasn't cut the yard in six months because you said to sit down and drink iced tea. And I don't think he's reading the Bible. He just holds it in his hands, but he's... It's a start. Because distractions happen all the time. And if you're not on your game... Those things will pull you. Now, what do they do? They steal time from you. They steal energy from you. They steal all this stuff. But they also steal your focus. See, they steal the thing that maybe God had for you that day. How many of you have gotten to the end of the day and realized, man, you know what? That really was God going that direction. And because I got out of mess, I got, I got into myself, I got into the situation and circumstance, I ended up over here. I ended up angry, upset. I ended up in a mess. Things didn't go right. I, all this stuff happened. Now, God, why did this all happen? Well, he said, I didn't even send you that way, man. You, like, freaked out when it all went down. You just took off. I was trying to say, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. You were like, See, but you've got to be able to look at that from this side before you take off that direction. You've got to have the Holy Spirit on the inside because there'll be times where God says, yes, yes, go that way. And man, you've got to be willing to go. You've got to be willing to move. You have to be willing to step out. It's like, oh, I don't know, man. I, last time I didn't do that, but God said, go. Then you have to go. Your focus has to be on him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith, period. That's it. We've talked about Proverbs chapter 3. We've talked about Proverbs chapter 4, the importance of him directing your, your steps and your ways. In, in Proverbs chapter 4, it talks about inclining your ear to his saying and all those things. You'll have health to your flesh and life to your bodies. And I mean, we, we know what those scriptures say. So we, we, we know that's the case. Well, then how in the world do I do it? I mean, how, how, how does this all work? I mean, if it's that simple, then, then how, how do I do this? I mean, if it's that simple that all I have to do, like Proverbs, you know, in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your paths. Well, how do I do that? Discipline yourself. So this is the part of the message where we probably won't giggle at ourselves anymore. And I haven't been giggling at myself either, so it's all right, because self-discipline. If you don't have self-control in your life, if you don't have self-discipline as a believer, you'll never be able to prioritize your day. You'll never be able to make it. You'll never be able to do it. Now, how is that learned? How is that gained? How do I begin to do that? A little at a time. In your world, in my world, many times, I, ha- I have this, I have to fight this. If it, gets to be, if it gets to seem like and be too much to me, to my natural senses, then I mean, I shut down. I've noticed Elizabeth's been going in the office lately, and I, I, she, it just looks a little bit better when she comes out. Because it literally was to the point where I, I had, I mean, I, 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 I had carved out enough for, like, my computer to sit on the desk, and literally everything else was probably sitting down two stories high. And, and it, was, it was all closing in all around me. There's clothes hung everywhere on all the nooks and crannies and things, and my, my world has gotten so busy, I feel... I feel like I've got so much to do and so many things happening that that's become like my just, I mean, I don't even, I just go in there, I clear out a space, I sit down, put on my earphones, I pray, I read, I type, I write, I shut the thing, I go to bed, I wake up in the morning and I preach. And then I try to stay away from that room <laughs> for the next couple of days because it's, to me, it's out of control. And many times you might look at your life and think, I, I, there's no way to fix it. I can't, I can't. I don't even know how to even start a little at a time. See, I give you something practical. Just do one thing. 
Just do one thing. If you stood in front of the mountain, if you stood in front of Everest, or you stood in front, it doesn't matter what mountain it is. It doesn't matter if it's Happy Hollow Hill. If you look up that hill at the bottom, and you're thinking, I've got to climb all the way up there. Well, you're never going to make it to the top in one bound. You're going to get there one step at a time. And so in your life, if you want to grow, if you, if you want to increase in self-control, if you want, if you want to grow in self-discipline, the number one way is to walk in the Spirit because those are fruits of the Spirit. But what you can do is start with you and not somebody else. When you take your finger and you begin to point at all the reasons and the people who are problems in your life, just give it a moment and allow God to take that thing and turn it right back around. I don't like that one. It won't, it won't go. We try to turn it around to Todd. But it comes right back at me. But he's wrong. No. But I can't. No. Start with you. Nobody else is the reason why your life is out of control. Nobody else is, is the reason why you're not prioritized. No one, no one else is the reason why you don't put him first. No one else. Not your job, not your spouse, not your kids, not nothing. It's you. It's me. Most of the time I got trouble with me more than I got with you. You have to be determined to conquer yourself. Romans 12.1. If you look in Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Present yourself, your bodies, your flesh, who you are in the natural, present that as a sacrifice to the Lord. If you learn to do that, the rest of this won't be much of a problem. Why is the rest of this such a problem? Because I like this. I likes me. I know what I like. I know what I want to eat. It's the old ice cream and cereal thing. You know how I am. It's difficult. I went and I told my doctor last week, I've been really good. I've been trying to eat right. <laughs> don't tell him. Don't let him get that message where I talked about eating all that cereal. But I told him, I'm trying to eat right. I'm trying to exercise. I just, man, I'm just having a hard time losing weight. I said, last time I lost all those 50 pounds, man, it was like six months. I mean, I was good. I was, I was doing great. I just was changing. And he said, that was 10 years ago. You were a lot younger. It's harder when you're older. Oh, I don't like you. I need a new doctor. <laughs> what are you talking about? Now, I didn't tell him, you know, every now and then, I, 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 you know, but I've been trying to be good. I've been trying to be good. But how many of you know, then you start thinking, well, that's not, that's the truth. I need to buckle down and get serious. I need to start with me, not somebody else. You're just a steward of what God's given you. If your life's chaotic, you've you got to watch out because God's given you something. He's given you, it's like the story of the talents in Matthew. He's given you that thing. You're a steward of that thing. It's not yours. Your life isn't your own. We already said in Galatians 2. That's not the case. Galatians 2.20. Can you put that up there, Caitlin? We, we said that the, the life that you live in, that's not your life. It's your life before you come to him, but once you come to him, what do you do? You give up rights to yourself. You give up rights to who you are. You give all that to him. And when, when you give that to him, then you are living your life. He's living it through you. It's a life that you live now in Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith through the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. It's not your life. How many times did you yell at your parents? My life, I'll do what I want to do. <laughs> Look out. 
Now, as an angry teenager, those words might have come out of your mouth, and you don't probably say that as an adult, but through your actions, sometimes you get a little cantankerous and say, that's fine, I don't like that. God says, that's fine. Just like your parents said, then you ain't going to get blessed. And you, what do you do? You huff and haw and <laughs> slam your door to your room. You turn your music up really loud. You might throw some things, stomp around. Rachel was a horrible stomper. Just made us laugh. <laughs> she only tried it a few times. You laugh at them when they're real tiny. They quit doing that stuff. But see, sometimes in your life you're doing that too. But then eventually, what do you do? You come to your senses. You realize that you're wrong. You realize that your parents were right. As much as it hurts you and harms you physically in your own body, it just kills you. You've got to open up the door and go downstairs and say, I'm sorry, Mommy, I was wrong. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> and you hug them. And Mama says, okay, I love you. It's no different than the Lord. You're just a steward of what he's given you. It's not yours. The next thing besides just starting with you is starting, start, start small. Start with something that, that, that you can do right now today. Start with something tomorrow morning that you can begin to prioritize. This is what my day is going to look like. This is how I'm going to focus on what God's told me to focus on. I'm going to wake up in the morning and say, God, just give me a scripture. Give me something to meditate on today. I, I, just, I want to begin to be prior. I want my life to be prioritized, but I want to begin today with just something. For me, many times, that's like getting all my chores on a list. That's getting my day organized. Pastor Pam's kind of sat me down and said, all right, come on. Now, this is what you need because I'm running all over the place. I mean, it's Bible flying out the window. I'm trying to read while I'm driving. I'm trying to do all these things that are going on. And, and she's finally said, hey, hold on now. You got to think about it. In my world, my entire life has changed in three months. My, my entire life, everything has changed. In the last three years, everything that I know has been turned. You say, well, you know, all my life's upside down. My whole life has been upside down for three years. And, it, and just when I started to figure it out, it, it just it didn't even turn upside down. It went to another universe. My children are both going to leave my house in a couple months. My job has completely changed. My responsibility has changed. My spiritual responsibility has grown exponentially. I deal with and work with my wife my mother, my sister, and my best friend. And my aunt, I forgot. Thank God for Heather and Sandy. Somebody I can come to who's not going to tell it like it is. So, I mean, in my world, I mean, I, I've been a loner my whole life. So, so, so you can start, I mean, she's had to sit me down and say, look, honey, you, you're going to have to start somewhere. And this started last year in the fall. She said, I figured you out. You've never, you've never, you've always been in a social situation. You've never been alone. I said, I don't do alone very well. The bell rings, I get 30 new people to talk to. When they go away, I go to somebody else's classroom and talk to them. I, I, you know, so this has all been brand new to me. So I've had to start with like, I mean, I'm right back to the basics. I got my Bible sits by the light. I mean, I get up in the morning, I go sit down next to the thing. I, you know, I, I mean, I am back to the basics. Because it's important that I stay grounded and I stay rooted and I continue with the, the priority that God has. Not to get pulled in one direction or another direction. And if it's important for me, then I know it's important for you. Because we're going to a new place. 
We're going to a new level. We're going to a new direction. I mean, we are headed this way. And I'm telling you, as you go this way, it, it, spiritually, you're going to have to up the game. Spiritually, you're going to have to tighten your notch a little bit, your belt loop. You're going, to have, you're going to have to, I mean, what are all the words that we've been talking about over the last four months? I mean, they're just like, I go back and read them and think, oh, holy smokes. What are you going to do, God? I mean, wow. Ah. But I'm telling you, you've got to have a bear. You've got to have a lion before you get a giant. And that's just not for me, and that's not just for this church. That's for you because you make up this place. And if God takes this church some direction, if you want to grow in faith, if you want to grow in faith, if you want to grow in faith, then you've got to go there too. You can't, just like we talked about on Sunday, you can't ride on my faith. I believe for you. I pray for you. I stand with you. I agree, man. I get it. I'll hold hands with you. We'll pray the word. We'll speak the word. We'll know the truth. But it's you who's got to live the faith. And if you're going to grow and you're going to go, then, I mean, you can come along. You can come along. But you're going to come along to that next level and be the same person you are today. And that just makes it more frustrating for you. It's made it more frustrating. I'm like, okay, God, whatever you say, man, I'm just every day. That's great to be like every day like, wow, God is big. He is good. I had no idea what to do, but God began to. That's important. That's important for each one of us. You have to start small. The next thing, really, truly, start now. Don't start next week. I know, you know, I mean, we're like, it's like, what are you talking about? It's the 11th. The 11th, you know, you've heard me say this before. The 11th is never a good day to start. (laughs) It's got to be the first. It's got to be Monday. It's got to be something. I wipe out all the ice cream in the house on Sunday night because Monday, there's nothing but tubs of ice cream in the trash, man, on Monday morning. The kids are like, oh, please. I'm like, no, man, one last night. Tomorrow's my day. Right. (laughs) Only to open up the refrigerator, you know, the next day there's, there's more ice cream in there. It's like manna. Shows up every day. I don't know how that works. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Corey and I do. We can wipe out an entire thing of ice cream in one setting. Yes. Yeah. Or we'll get an Oreo pie. That's one of our favorites too. And they get little slivers, and then we pretty much divvy up the whole thing before we go. You can't have leftovers; they'll melt. We just pretend we don't have a freezer, so we got to take it all. <laughs> but start now. I mean, start tomorrow, start tonight, start, start. So my Bible reading plan's all crazy. I got a check mark here, three here, six over here, four here. Tomorrow's the best day. You heard me say it a couple weeks ago. Tomorrow is the best day to start that. It's the best day to get involved. Don't worry. Oh, if I read, here's what you do. Okay, tomorrow will be my day. I'll start tomorrow. And you read tomorrow, then you go, you know what? I've missed all these days, so I'll read like 16 days today. Because if I do, you do this math, right? You do this math. If I do three extra days every day and four days, that's 12 days. And if I go 10, that's a month. And I could catch up a whole month. And tw- yeah, or you could just beat yourself to smithereens and in three days be so tired of doing 14 days worth of reading, you don't do it anymore. I mean, so I want to get through the Bible in a year. Well, then make your year May through April. Who said it had to be January? I'm all about simple. I mean, who said it had to be January to December? Next April, all of us. Anybody get through their Bible? And I got to mark that down so that we do that next year, whatever, April 31st or 30th or whatever. How many of you, every month, we'll raise our hands and I did it. Hey, it's not about standing up and saying that. It's about making a commitment to God and finishing it. 
day by day, moment by moment. Your commitment is fulfilled one little piece at a time, not the whole thing. Too many, I mean, I've, I, too many people sit down in December and decide, man, I've got to catch up the last eight months. Look, that is not going to happen. I mean, seriously, you couldn't do it over 12. You're going to jam it all in two weeks, all eight months that you're behind? Sorry, you know, like, that's the person who's... Oh, you see them. You see them all the time. Like, they're just like, leave me alone, I've got to catch up. Where are you, Job? That was January. I know, I'm a little behind. It's Thanksgiving. You're not going to make it. I took a speed reading class. Abe Lincoln said, Abe Lincoln said, I'll get ready and then perhaps my chance will come. Start now. When your chance comes, it might be too late to get ready. Start now. Prepare for what he has for you. Prioritize your day. Prioritize your life. The fourth thing and the last thing as you go through that list of things. Start with you. Start small. Start now. The last thing, number four, is organize your life. Marie, honey, organize your life. (laughs) Wow, I didn't realize that one would be the one that really got... But you have to. That's part... There's a lot lot to that. For me, that means, you know, like, clean off your dresser. Clean up the office. Get things straight. Get rid of the clutter. Not just the clutter that you see, but the clutter that you have in your head. And how do you do that? God's very explicit. Write the vision. Write these things down. It gives you energy as you begin to run with it. You begin to write down your, your life. You begin to write down your goals. You begin to write down the vision that God's given you. You begin to write down what to do today. You begin to write down what your week's going to look like. You write down what God's doing. You write down what God's done. You begin to put these things clearly in front of you. Why? So that you can run with those things. Some people say, you know, the cluttered office is a busy office. Or I, I went in on Monday, man. I threw like everything away. So if I don't call you because you left a message, I threw it in the trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> call back. <laughs> I'll try again. <laughs> Most of the stuff was dated 4-10, which would be April last year. So I thought I was pretty fresh. I was pretty good. Now, how could that be that on my desk all the piles were stuff from April last year? It's May. Because stuff just comes in, it becomes overwhelming, and you just begin to shut down, and you go a different direction. Deal with the things that you need to deal with right now, and keep going forward. Declutter your life. Declutter your world. Organize who you are. It'll take a whole, it just takes a whole thing off. Take your money, take your finances, take your bills, and sit down and make a budget. Practically sit down. Like, do this. This is a practical thing you can do. Sit down with your money, sit down with your income, your outgo, and make a, make a budget. And see that really, truly, if you will, live within your means. Now, we don't all make enough. And, I, you know, we shared that story on Sunday. Pastor Pam didn't make enough to pay the bills and those kind of things. God had to make a way. But many times, if you'll just do that, that'll begin to take the stress and the pressure off of all the things that you can't figure out. Pastor Bill used to do that for me all the time. You've heard me share that. He'd sit down with me when I'm at my wit's end. I'm freaked out. He'd sit down with me. And he'd write a budget out, and then I'd see that I got $16 at the end of the week that I could take Elizabeth to go to a movie. And in my world, at that time, that was the biggest weight lifted off my shoulders. Somebody sat down and organized my world. Just for a, And what did it do? It took all the pressure and all the stress off. Why? Because now everything's prioritized. 
10% right off the top. There's your tithe. Heck, I didn't even know I could do that. And then at the end, I still had money to go. That's all I cared, man. Can I have just a little bit of money to go to a movie with her at the end of the... Yep. Yes. My, but your whole, see, your whole countenance changed. Your whole, she came home from work and go, honey, this is the greatest thing ever. We're okay. It's all right. We get to give to God, and we get to go to a movie. And all the bills are paid. I don't know how it works, but Pastor Bill did it. What did he do? He just organized it. Just sit down, get quiet, and let God organize your life that way. Because what you'll see is then that begins to give you the self-discipline to go after it. It took me a while to get that. It's a step at a time. It's this do right now what you can. Just do it right now with what you got right now. That's all you can do. Don't worry about tomorrow. That's what it says right in Matthew. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is sufficient to take care of its own mess. You do what you can right now. And as I began to do that, I began to get the discipline to do it tomorrow, and then to do it the next day, and then to do it the next Didn't all come at once. He had to sit down with me a few times. He had to go through a few things. I had to come to a place in our life where we just got sick of being in a mess. We had to determine that, okay, not only are we going to have a plan, but now we're going to live it. And once you begin to live it, that's that self-discipline that we're talking about, and you never go back. And for the believers in the world today, many of you, maybe, maybe not, you know, self-discipline becomes and, and probably is one, one of the, the most chased-after attributes. Because, I mean, I look at people and I think, man, if I could be like that, that'd be awesome. God says, well, you can. You're just too lazy. Oh. <laughs> that, that's a harsh one. But I get that. In your life. How should your day be prioritized? In your life, are your priorities in order? Are your relationships in order? Are the things that you do ordered by God? Are you allowing all those external forces and all those things to pull at you in all those different directions? Good things and God things. There are lots of good things in the world. Lots of good things. But you have to make sure, I'm just telling you, you have to make sure in this world today that we live in that you're doing God things. Be careful. Because your talent and, and, and your ability and, and your charisma and all of those things open up a lot of good doors. But the most important thing is that you only walk through the God doors. Because the enemy, the enemy will begin to, 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 to string you out in places and in pieces and parts. And it's all good things. And it, it, it's, it's sometimes good things can be heart things too. But God says, not yet. Not right now. That's a little later. Just hang on. Go after this God thing over here, not just this good thing. Don't try to make a way for your gift. Don't try to make a way. Don't try to run around and chase this good thing because it, it almost fits. It's like a 90% fit with what I want to do and what God's told me to do. Don't go after that thing unless God says go after but I want to. That's what I want to do. That's what I spent my whole life. I mean, I really, I, that's, what, that's really what I want. If we could just make a way, we could maybe do this and this and this, and that might work. And God says, see, no, so you're taking a good thing. You're trying to make it a God thing. But God things fit like that, that slipper. That slipper only fit one. You see, that God thing for you only fits that. It only fits your foot. only fits your hand. only fits your talent. only fits your giftings. So prioritize your life. If you prioritize your life, then you, you, then you go after all those God doors that are open. Even though a good one opens up, you just keep going right by. 
because there's a Godwin around the next corner. Let's stand up together. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.